0: Major funding for NJ Spotlight News is provided in part by NJM Insurance Group, serving the insurance needs of residents and businesses for more than 100 years, and by the PSCG Foundation.
1: Tonight on NJ Spotlight News, the next chapter in school culture wars heats up.
2: This is a far cry away from the days of showing reproductive parts in health class and discussing abstinence.
1: Emotions on all sides, taking center stage at last night's North and Voorhees Regional District Meeting.
2: They're not asking to remove all books about gayness or anything like that. Just a few of them that are clearly educationally unsuitable or pervasively vulgar.
1: Also, controversy is swirling in Teaneck, where Representative Josh Gottheimer slammed the school district for inviting CARE-NJ to speak with students.
2: My sense was of how we must come together as a community, and I clearly don't believe that CARE is the right organization to do that.
1: Plus, a done deal. After months of negotiations and threats of a strike, teaching unions at NJIT reach a deal.
2: This is a, a transformative contract that's going to make all of our lives a lot easier.
1: And paying tribute, officials and community members gather to pay their final respects to longtime Passaic County Sheriff Richard Burdnick. NJ Spotlight News begins right now.
0: From NJPBS Studios, this is NJ Spotlight News with Brianna Venosi.
1: Good evening, and thanks for joining us this Wednesday night. I'm Brianna Venosi. Tempers flared in Hunterdon County last night over a controversy that's rearing its ugly head again. Parents and educators packed into the theater of the North Hunterdon Voorhees Regional High School for the latest school board meeting and hurled harsh words at administrators and librarians over a handful of books on library shelves. Reading material they claim should be banned because it's too explicit for high school students. Supporters of the books pushed back and chastised the board for failing to protect employees from threats and harassment they've faced throughout the dispute. Senior Correspondent Brenda Flanagan has the story.
3: Some 50 speakers lined up for a contentious clash in the more than two-year-long culture war over banning books at the North and Voorhees Regional High School Library. Emotions ran high in the auditorium for this school board meeting, rescheduled to accommodate the large crowd, where one parent waiting to speak exploded in anger. <laughs> Police escorted him outside. Moments later, he left quietly. The controversy over embattled school librarian Martha Hickson and her refusal to yank illustrated sex ed books like Let's Talk About It off the shelves highlighted a deep divide.
2: This is a far cry away from the days of showing reproductive parts in health class and discussing abstinence. Now we have librarians with hardcore agendas pushing books that promote anal sex, butt plugs, children being raped by family members, and how-to manuals to assist kids in sexting and internet hookups.
3: Let's talk about it is sex education for teenagers, not pornography. And I'm going to add here, I was also sexually abused as an adolescent, and knowing about my body and about consent would have been really helpful at the time. Hickson attended the meeting but didn't speak. Her supporters slammed the board for failing to fully defend her against online harassment, including Facebook attacks allegedly posted by the husband of board member
1: Cynthia Reyes. It is shameful, I repeat, shameful that a teacher or a librarian can be harassed or threatened for doing their job. A spouse of
4: one of your sitting board members is harassing your employee on social media. And so far, we have not heard about any actions being taken against the harassers.
3: Board President Glenn Farbanish did open the meeting by stating support for free speech and noting they'd refer any threats to police.
2: The board is fully committed to supporting our staff in the proper performance of their educational duties. Let me be very clear. We will not and do not accept or condone the use of violent or threatening language, or resorting to disparaging or profane prof, profane language directed at our staff or anyone else.
3: During a break, we asked Reyes, a parental choice supporter, for comment, but a board spokeswoman refused.
1: The board president po- already gave a statement on behalf of the board. She doesn't earlier. speak for herself. She's not gonna be answering any questions. I
5: do not feel protected by my school district.
3: Hickson welcomed speaker's support, but wanted to hear it specifically from the board.
5: I would like them to emphatically state that this harassment, this bullying is unacceptable. I would like them to firmly state
3: that I am doing my job and doing so with excellence. The board pointed out that no official forms challenging any particular book have been filed here, but public debate raged anyway, and it often got political.
2: I've been through this orchestrated textbook rodeo already.
3: Tom Cerritos of Roxbury is one of four parents sued for defamation and libel by his school district librarian in another book banning battle. I wear that
2: defense tag tagged like a badge of honor, like a batter getting hit by a pitch, taking one for the team on the way to first base.
3: Speakers here vowed to hold school board members accountable by recall if necessary. Both sides marshalled outside organizations as resources and argued over how book banning impacts LGBTQ students.
6: And the
2: odds are too great, as we heard from some of these speakers, that would see us return to a dark time when students had to closet themselves, didn't see themselves in the books and the literature. They're not asking to remove all books about gayness or anything like that, just a few of them
3: that are clearly educationally unsuitable or pervasively vulgar. The board took no vote on the issue. In Annandale, I'm Brenda Flanagan, NJ Spotlight
1: News. President Biden told White House reporters this week he's made a decision about the US response to a drone strike in Jordan that killed 3 American service members including one New Jersey native from Willingboro and injured dozens more at the military outpost. The president declined to provide details on his decision but reiterated he's hoping to deter a broader conflict in the Middle East. Meanwhile, it appears both Israel and Hamas remain far apart on a ceasefire deal in Gaza to free remaining hostages. According to the Associated Press, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu on Tuesday rejected the militant group's two main demands that Israel withdraw forces from Gaza and release thousands of Palestinian prisoners. As the war rages, tensions remain high here at home. Controversy erupted this week over the Teaneck Public School District's decision to invite CARE New Jersey, the Council on American Islamic Relations, to speak with students. Congressman Josh Gottheimer fired off a letter vehemently opposed. Opposing the move, claiming the organization supports Hamas and promotes anti Semitism. CARE responded to the criticism by accusing Gottheimer of making statements that have put Muslim students in harm's way. Melissa Rose Cooper reports
2: I heard from many of my constituents in Teaneck who called uh, and wrote me uh, alarmed by the letter they had received from the superintendent saying that he was going to bring in CARE uh, into the school to meet with educators. To teach them how to teach the students about uh, the conflict in the Middle East, and of course, um, my sense was of of uh, of of, uh, of how we must come together as a community, and I clearly don't believe that. CARE is the right organization to do that.
4: Congressman Josh Gottheimer calling out the Teaneck Public School District for its decision to collaborate with the Council on American-Islamic Relations, also known as CARE. Last week, the congressman sent a letter to Teaneck Public School Superintendent Andre Spencer expressing his strong disagreement.
2: This is a uh, group that I don't believe is in the spirit of what the school is seeking to achieve, which is to uh, teach that hate has no place in our state. Uh, to bring people together and to educate teachers uh, and students about the importance of standing up to any form of terror.
4: The congressman's reaction is very defamatory. It's very insulting and it's a distraction from the work that we need to do as a civil rights organization. Dina Syed Ahmed is the communications manager for CARES New Jersey Chapter. While she says details of the organization's collaboration with Teaneck Public Schools can't be shared at this time, Sayed Ahmed maintains they're supporting the students' right to free speech. What we're seeing now Uh, Is very much reminiscent of what we've seen in the days and months immediately after 9 11. There's a rapid erosion of Muslim civil rights here in New Jersey. Uh, And it's important that our elected officials, including Congressman Gottheimer, uh, work actively to uphold and to protect Muslim civil rights as we see them eroding and as we see them being attacked. This isn't the first time Gottheimer has taken issues with the district. In November, he criticized the walkout in support of Palestine. Amar Halak is one of the students who helped organize the event. And we knew we would get backlash, of course, since it's like a very Zionist community. But we still did it anyway because we knew it was the right thing to do.
6: We expect the people who, in whose trust, we put Teen Kids, um, will exercise better judgment and better care than the judgment that they've been exercising in recent
4: months. Yigal Gross is a member of the Bergen County Jewish Action Committee. He shares similar concerns with Congressman Gottheimer.
6: Attempts to sort of apologize away and um, disregard the concerns, legitimate concerns, by members of our community um, about the safety and security of Jewish students in Teaneck in schools. Um, and of the community safety generally, um, and the welcoming in of what we consider to be extreme, um, dangerous ideologies, which are which which support and and, and promote terrorism uh, against innocent civilians, um, and generally taking conflicts that have no place. Um, on uh, 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 school grounds.
4: A spokesperson for Teaneck Public Schools said it has not yet partnered with Care NJ and issued a statement saying the only organizations Teaneck Schools has partnered with are the New Jersey Division on Civil Rights and Facing History and ourselves. We feel these groups will facilitate and promote a greater dialogue around differing insights and points of view. Teaneck's number one priority is to provide a safe and supportive environment for all stakeholders. For NJ Spotlight News, I'm Melissa Rose Cooper. Just
1: days after the state's top Democratic lawmaker sent a letter criticizing design plans for Liberty State Park, the controversial task force who wants more say in the project abruptly scrapped a public meeting scheduled for last night. The task force says it's being rescheduled because of significant public interest, but advocates of the park claim the cancellation is part of a larger political ploy. Senior political correspondent David Cruz reports. There is no commercialization. There is no
2: privatization. There could never be.
0: State DEP Commissioner Sean LaTourette is the bane of the existence of well-funded forces bent on turning Liberty State Park into a waterfront sports mecca, with large-scale sports and performance arenas and other commercial ventures. The department has started work on a recovery plan for the park, which includes pollution and flood mitigation and recreation facilities like basketball courts and soccer pitches. But that plan just hit a potential roadblock. This letter from Assembly Speaker Craig Coughlin and Senate President Nick Scatari warning LaTourette that the plan isn't taking into account the views by certain members of the Liberty State Park Task Force created by the legislature. Further deviation from the statute and legislative intent May cause us to action, warned the letter, such as extending the time frame for the task force to perform its duties, restrict future funding, or a combination thereof. I don't
3: want to just accuse them of being bought off. They've been lobbied by a fireman's gang who have been pushing lies and smear attacks for
0: years. Fireman's gang refers to Paul Fireman, owner of Liberty National Golf Course, right next door. And sole funding source of the People's Park Foundation, led by this man, former Jersey City High School basketball coach Bob Hurley. He makes $200,000 a year as executive director and sole employee of the foundation. His family foundation has also received around half a million dollars from the Fireman Family Foundation. In fact, Fireman has been spreading money around Trenton for a decade, contributing funds directly to. Mayors, lawmakers, would-be governors and their nonprofits. He and his wife have contributed to Speaker Craig Coughlin directly and have hired a lobbying firm that employs Kevin McCabe, the chairman of the Middlesex County Democratic Organization, which is Coughlin’s political base. Latourette fired back with his own 12-page letter. There appears to be some misunderstanding regarding the restoration and resilience elements of the park's interior which will provide deeply needed flood and climate change resilience measures for both the neighboring community and the park itself.
4: When you have an impervious surface like concrete like asphalt or whatever material that doesn't allow water to percolate into the ground or go back as it should with natural you know currents go back to the to the bay area or to the ocean, right? So it just floods
0: state parks are not intended to provide for active recreation notes Senator Raj Mukherjee, who represents much of Jersey City that doesn't mean that we shouldn't take advantage of acres and acres of land to expand upon what is available for the community and we've agreed on that you have 61 acres worth of, of active recreation being developed that and these are opportunities that weren't there before so yeah. it's a good plan it's a good plan and it Most importantly, the process has been a small-D democratic one. Neither fireman nor Hurley could be reached for comment, and no date has been set for the next meeting of the task force. The governor's office, meanwhile, has been mum on the exchange of letters or the latest flare-up between the forces that see Liberty State Park as a waterfront crown jewel or a pot of gold. I'm David Cruz, NJ Spotlight News.
1: And David will have more on the Liberty State Park plan on Chatbox tomorrow. He'll also go one on one with State Senator John Bramnick, the first Republican to officially jump into the 2025 governor's race. That's Thursday at 6 p.m. on the NJ Spotlight News YouTube channel. Two New Jersey Devils players are among a group of current and former NHL players being charged with sexual assault from a 2018 case in Ontario, Canada. Michael McLeod and Cal Foote were asked to surrender to Ontario police, according to reports from the Sports Network. Last week, the players were granted a leave of absence from the team, but Devils officials didn't say whether it was related to the charges. Lawyers for Foote and McLeod confirmed the charges this week and said the men maintain their innocence. They will plead not guilty. The alleged incident occurred at a hotel in June 2018 after a Hockey Canada Foundation gala and golf event. According to reports, London, Ontario. Police launched an investigation in 2022. After details emerged, Hockey Canada settled a lawsuit with a woman who said she was sexually assaulted by eight members of the team during the event. The NHL also opened an investigation in 2022 and pledged to make the findings public. Camden-based firm Holtec International will pay a $5 million fine to the state in exchange for avoiding criminal charges over a tax credit dispute, according to the attorney general's office. Holtec received one of the state's biggest tax incentives in history to relocate to Camden, but authorities accused the nuclear energy company of falsifying documents in 2018 to cheat the program. As part of the deal, Holtec will retain an independent monitor to review the company's future applications for state benefits. Holtec denies any wrongdoing. Contributing writer Jeff Pulitz reports details from the investigation closely mirror allegations that have followed the company for years. And he joins me now. Jeff Pulitz, good to see you. Excellent reporting on this. So let's just take a step back and tell us what Holtec is being charged with.
5: Well, they've made an agreement. They're not really being charged with anything. What they've they've made an agreement to not to be charged, so in exchange for a fine to avoid criminal prosecution and monitoring for three years, as you mentioned. So basically, they're being charged with they're being accused of violating, of uh, manipulating their application for state tax breaks. What did w- they
1: say on the application uh, that the attorney general's office claims was misrepresented?
5: they basically conflated their dealings with a, with a partner who, um, that they were, they were joining with to do a project with in the Pittsburgh area. And uh, they misrepresented their, their financial input from this other company in a way that would inflate their revenues or inflate what they had. to to qualify for a larger tax break. And in essence, they qualified for a tax break that was twice as big as what they should have gotten. They had received the largest tax break in New Jersey history, $260 million in 2014. And there was some problems with their application on that. They failed to inform the state that they had been debarred from federal work at the Tennessee Valley Authority in 2010. So that got them in trouble with that. They eventually sued the state. They eventually won, but basically on technical reasons that the EDA didn't really, didn't really um, police their, the application as well as they should have. So they plan to blame it on the state. But they've had other issues as well with uh, ethical issues with, with their applications and with their representations they've made on the financial side.
1: What is Haltech saying in response to this?
5: They're saying that they've been victimized by the state. They're saying they omitted no wrongdoing. They're saying that they continue to do good work on the forefront of clean energy, and that uh, this is they just basically agreed to this settlement they're calling it, instead of a criminal prosecution agreement, uh, non-prosecution agreement. They're agreeing to this to avoid lengthy prosecution.
1: So what are the wider implications here? Because as you mentioned, there have been sort of allegations that have dogged the firm for years. Of course, at the time that these tax incentives were given out, there were groups, especially progressive groups, that spoke out about the amount of money that the state was giving. Right. And I'll say what they called a lack of transparency or oversight over the program. So what's the wider implication here?
5: I think the wider implication is that this company is going, is going to be one of many that are looking for public subsidies as we sort of re-expand our commitment to nuclear power in in coming years, as we try to re-expand. And uh, they're on the forefront of that. They've got technology in several areas that is being being used not just in New Jersey, but in other states, in California, in New Mexico, Michigan, New York. And um, their role is going to increase, but they're gonna have to do it with public subsidies. And there's going to be increasing pressure on the public subsidies to go to a company that is of good character. So that's, that's the wider implication as far as I can see it. These are questions, and groups around the country have had these questions and continue to ask the NRC questions about Holtec's behavior and Holtec's character.
1: And we know you're going to stay on that uh, reporting, and we will be checking back with you. Jeff Pillets. thank you so much. Thank you, Brianna. In our Spotlight on Business report, another labor win for a higher education union in New Jersey. Members of the UCAN union at NJIT overwhelmingly voted Tuesday night to ratify their new contract with the school. That will cover adjunct faculty and grad workers. As Ted Goldberg reports, the group appears to be reaping the rewards of other recent labor contracts fought and won by unions at nearby universities. When the results came
7: in, they were almost unanimous.
3: It speaks to the unity of the union and the unity of purpose
1: and how proud people are of the the things we all won together.
7: After about 400 yeses, two abstentions, and zero no votes, UCAN, the union representing NJIT's grad students, postdoctoral students, and adjuncts, agreed to a new labor contract with the school.
2: This is a a transformative contract that's gonna make all of our lives a lot easier. (laughs)
7: These workers and students at NJIT will get benefits like
2: pay raises
7: and expanded health care starting in about a month, continuing over the life of the two-year contract.
6: People tell me horror stories all the time about um, uh, just just making the rent, you know, pulling out of their savings. I mean these are young people who don't have a lot of savings built up in the first place. <laughs> and uh, you know, people running up credit card bills. Uh, that means being able to afford medications,
5: being able to afford uh, daycare, being able to afford the day-to-day life, things that my family and my household need. So uh, it's literally a lifeline for me.
7: PhD candidate Jose Pabone was worried that he might have to stop working. The union overwhelmingly voted to authorize a strike in early December, and whether it was a tactic or a threat, Pabone says he had long-term concerns about joining a picket line. I was absolutely
5: concerned. I thought it was a real possibility. And unfortunately, there are places out there where a strike has very serious negative consequences for the members of the union.
2: We fought hard. We went way into the night. And a lot of people wanted to just leave and just give up. And we just, we was at our last breath.
7: Folks at NJIT had been working without a contract for about a year and a half when the strike authorization vote happened.
2: You guys scared the hell out of them. When they seen that it was strike authorization, they knew we were serious. And then they immediately came to to the table because they said,
0: now it's gonna get publicity.
2: Rutgers just signed, the governor stepped in. The parallels
7: to Rutgers are no accident. Rutgers faculty went on strike for a week last spring, and communication never stopped between the faculty at Rutgers and NJIT.
2: A lot of our members helped Rutgers. We went over there to help them strike because we knew we was on deck. We had a very intentional impact here and a coordination between all of our bargaining tables. So when we started bargaining this round, we had all of our contracts expire
7: at the same time in June of 2022. Patrick Nolan leads one of the Rutgers unions
2: that went on strike. Our members wanted a good, strong contract, whether they are at Rutgers or at NJIT, and they were willing to take the votes, take the steps necessary to make that clear to management at both institutions. So that's the result of it, whether it was fear, concern, or just respect for
7: our members. In response to the new contract, NJIT put out this statement. NJIT is very happy to have reached an agreement that has been ratified by UCAN membership. And we look forward to continuing a positive relationship with all the talented and dedicated employees who serve our students and our university. The next labor contract will be in two years. Until then...
2: Three, two,
7: one! UCAN is popping bottles and celebrating what they call a historic victory. In Newark, I'm Ted Goldberg, NJ Spotlight News.
1: ON WALL STREET, STOCKS TURNED LOWER TODAY AFTER THE FED DECIDED NOT TO CUT INTEREST RATES, BUT INDICATED A CUT COULD BE ON THE HORIZON. HERE'S HOW THE MARKETS CLOSED. AND FINALLY, A SOMBER DAY IN PASSAIC COUNTY, AS LOVED ONES AND COMMUNITY MEMBERS PAID THEIR FINAL RESPECTS TO SHERIFF RICHARD BURDNICK. FUNERAL SERVICES FOR THE LONGTIME SHERIFF WERE HELD THIS MORNING AT THE CATHEDRAL OF ST. JOHN THE BAPTIST IN PATTERSON. Burdnick died of apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound last week after walking into the bathroom of a Clifton restaurant. And many questions remain about the death of a man who spent decades in law enforcement. Local, state and federal leaders were among those attending the service. Passaia County offices and historic sites were closed today to allow for workers to attend. Birdnick was born and raised in Clifton. He spent nearly 30 years with the Clifton Police Department and served as county sheriff since 2011. He's survived by his wife and four adult children. That does it for us tonight. I'm Brianna Venozzi for the entire NJ Spotlight News team. Thanks for being with us. Have a great evening. We'll see you back here tomorrow.
0: New Jersey Education Association, making public schools great for every child. And RWJ Barnabas Health. Let's be healthy together.